Barb Allen, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, uh, this guy, too. Which guy? Ah. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to a very special episode of Marvel by the Month, live from the center of the comics universe in Portland, Oregon, Books with Pictures. My name is Brian Stratton. I'm Rob Milne. And I'm Jamie Wenger. Now, uh, I know that you were promised like uh, three times as many podcasts uh, here tonight. Uh, we had a different sort of show planned uh, where we were going to have uh, friends from uh, Voice of Latveria, uh, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, and the Werewolf by Night podcast, uh, as well as some great guests. Um, it was logistically ambitious. <laughs> um, you would think that the last two and a half years uh, might have convinced us not to, you know, complicate things just keep it simple uh we didn't listen we didn't learn any lessons uh so we had to pull the plug on it when like 30 percent of our scheduled uh, participants tested positive for covid this week uh so uh they're all doing well they're healing up uh we miss them dearly um but uh we're still going to do that show at some point uh but tonight we had to uh, very quickly come up with something else. And Rob, what did we come up with? Fortunately, even though it didn't seem fortunate at the time, we had a show that we'd planned to do a while ago, but never wound up performing. Uh, <laughs> we had a programming slot at last year's Rose City Comic Con that we had to bow out of because of some COVID uncertainty. Mm. Um, so it all turns out that COVID was the cause of and solution to <laughs> all of our problems. <laughs> Uh, thanks, COVID. Uh, so that's what we're going to do for you tonight. A uh, year old uh, secret show that should have been at Rose City last year. Right, right. Uh, well, so we should probably tell you what we're going to do here tonight. Uh, so usually we take our listeners through Marvel Comics history one month at a time. Uh, Rob and Brian started uh, with August 1961. I came on board around the end of 1968. Uh, and now we're up to early 1972. So this is something like our 175th episode. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, so we have talked about a lot of Marvel Comics. Uh, there are three issues that we skipped over and we've never covered on the show. Uh, that is Avengers 69 through 71, uh, which hit newsstands in August, September, and October 1969. And when I say that we have never covered them on the show... I mean that we have literally <laughs> pretended that they didn't exist. Uh, we said that they're, they were never published. We said they're not on Marvel Unlimited, uh, that there's no record of them anywhere on the Internet, uh, that Avengers jumped straight to num from number 68 to number 72. Uh, and we got letters about it. Oh, boy, <laughs> did we get letters about it. It was one of those nice, like, affirming things where it was like, oh, someone is listening to the show. Like, they're getting some... Like, and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know how comics people enjoy nitpicking the tiniest little details. So you should see what happens when you make a huge, obvious, deliberate mistake and then refuse to acknowledge it. So, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like when sometimes you forget to mention that, uh, the comics artist Don Heck, uh, is actually named Don Hell. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, exactly. He had to go by Don Heck, uh, because of the comics code. Um, but, uh, his actual name was really Don Hell. Uh, it's absolutely a fact. This is definitely not a bit. Uh, <laughs> someone needs to update his Wikipedia entry uh, with that information and credit us as the source. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm really glad that we're finally talking about these issues because I've been looking forward to this for literally one year. Uh, this storyline is the first appearance of the Squadron Supreme, a.k.a. the Squadron Sinister, 
AKA the Silver Age Justice League of America with the serial numbers filed off. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a, a very fun story. Uh, even better, we've got one of our favorite guests to talk about it with. Uh, please give a big welcome to Jennifer from Comics Will Break Your Hearts. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thanks for indulging our nonsense again. Of course. Um, you know, you called up and you asked uh, if I could do this, and I was like, well, I already have plans that I have to cancel, but my plans were being here, so <laughs> I worked out well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, by the way, like literally got the call, what, like two and a half days ago? Yeah. 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 So. So um, thank you. That's, yeah, thanks. That's, I think it's called pinch hitting. I don't know how sports work, but yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, Je Jennifer, as you know, we're mostly Marvel guys. Uh, we're almost yeah. completely unfamiliar with the DC universe. I saw that you wore your Swamp Thing t-shirt here tonight. Yes. Um, again, this is definitely a, a fact that we don't know anything about DC Comics. Again, not just a bit that we're doing. It shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we're doing a really good job. Um, so, uh, the, the Squadron Sinister, who we're going to meet in these issues, uh, they're basically versions of uh, something called uh, the Justice League of America. Yes. Um, so, I was hoping that uh, you could maybe double check some of the research that we did on the original characters. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Rob, do you want to uh, take it from here? Yeah. So, first we have Superman. Here, here's pretty much everything I know about him. Uh, let me know if I missed anything, Jennifer. Um, he wears two yellow fish swimming towards each other on his chest. <laughs> they mean hope. Yes. Uh, he was fired into space by his parents when they were pretty sure their planet was going to explode. Think about that for one minute. Like, really think about that. <laughs> How sure would you have to be about that exploding planet thing to put your infant son in a rocket and launch him into space? Mm. I guess it's crazy. Yeah. I guess that depends on how much you like your kid. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it really depends on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. a really noisy baby. Right, yeah, Jack's here, man. Um, so, um, <laughs> so Earth's yellow sun gives him a bunch of powers, including super strength, flight, super speed, invulnerability, X-ray vision, heat vision, uh, telescopic vision, microscopic vision, super hearing, super breath, freezing breath, super ventriloquism, and super hypnotism. Did I miss anything? <laughs> That's everything. Okay. No, there is nothing else to know about this character. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, he spends a lot of his time in the Silver Age disguised as a normal person and gaslighting the woman he's got a crush on, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. So <laughs> the next one is Batman. Uh, he wears a mouthful of yellow, messed up <laughs> teeth on his chest. They mean Batman. Yeah. Um, he has no superpowers other than tremendous wealth, which is probably one of the best superpowers. Um, he teams up a lot with Superman when they each do about half of the crime fighting, which means uh, either Superman uh, is a hella lazy or Batman carries around stupid kryptonite in his utility belt. Um, then uh, he decides to dress up as a bat and beat up criminals 20 years after seeing his parents murdered in front of him because guys will literally train for two decades to be a ninja vigilante rather than to be, go to therapy. Right. <laughs> and that's that's it. Yep. Then we got wow, that, that image. I was just noticing that image of uh, that we have for Batman. I mean, it's really 
leading into the child predator thing, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. 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 Too accurately. Yeah. Um, Yikes. If only there was a some sort of uh, self-regulating, like, authority to mm. be like, this probably shouldn't happen. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> some kind of code, if you some, will. Some yeah. code, some authority. Code. Uh, then we have Green Lamp Man. Um, mm-hmm. I, got his, I got his ring. Uh, he wears a big old eyeball or something on his chest. His personality is best described as brown-haired. Um, <laughs> he's basically a space cop who patrols the sector of space that, uh, that Earth is in. Um, not, not because anyone on Earth asked him to do it, but because some little blue aliens decided to invent galactic laws and then subcontract some locals into enforcing them. Um, he wears a ring that can basically do anything that he wills it to do. Um, it's so scientifically advanced that it's basically magic. It can create solid objects out of pure light. It can transport him across the galaxy in a heartbeat. It can protect him against literally any threat. Yep. Oh, and as long as it's, it isn't yellow, if it's yellow, he's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yep. Um, so no yellow. <laughs> then we get, uh, what's this, what's this guy? Uh, the funky flash man. Um, <laughs> he's a really fast guy. Uh, that's basically it. Um, <laughs> he's fast. He's just fast. Yeah, DC's weird. I, like, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna say it. it they, they're like not concerned about bad guys ever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Though that's that's all the Funky Flash Man does. Yeah. Right? It's basically yeah. yeah. So you I got mean, a guy that can do anything, and then a guy who can make anything, and then like fast guy, fast guy, fast yep. guy. yeah. Okay, yeah. and then a guy who refuses to go to therapy. <laughs> that's kind of a power, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically it. I think so. Are we on? We're on point so far. For never having read DC, you nailed that. Thank yeah. You. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I had help. Brian. Yeah. Brian helped. You know, yeah. he uses the internet. Okay. It's yeah. cool. Well, th- so that uh, I think that's uh, all the important stuff about the uh, League of Justice Heroes. Um, without further ado, um, let's see how they fare in the Marvel universe. Uh, so we'll start out with Avengers number 69. Uh, this story is called Let the Game Begin. Uh, it's written by Roy Thomas. The art is by Sal Buscema and Sam Granger with letters by Artie Simic. So we open on four of our Avengers striding purposely through the halls of a hospital. Vision leads the way, followed by Yellow Jacket and the Wasp with Goliath, uh, who is the former Hawkeye, tromping along uh, half-nude and about 12 feet tall. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't know how to shrink. Like, yeah, it just also, yeah, I don't know. If you only got one tool, uh, <laughs> you just got to use it, I Every, guess. Everything looks like a low ceiling. <laughs> right. <laughs> everything looks like a low ceiling. Um, so, so why are they there? Well, uh, they're there because Tony Stark is at death's door. Um, they're all very upset because uh, he's their landlord and he almost never hits them up for rent. Uh, also, he is the linchpin of the entire American military industrial complex back when that was something that you would brag about. Um, uh, oh, and, and no one knows that uh, Tony Stark is Iron Man at this point. So there's some discussion of where the hell is Tony Stark's bodyguard uh, while this is all happening. Um, but don't worry, uh, Thor has grabbed one Dr. Santini, uh, a colleague of his alter ego, lame Dr. Blake. Uh, only Dr. Santini, uh, who I, I want to imagine has a hilariously broad Super <laughs> Mario Brothers uh, Italian accent, has a chance of saving uh, Tony Stark's life. And uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the podcast, uh, for every appearance of Dr. Blake 
the uh, alter ego of Thor. He is in the very beginning is always referred to as lame Dr. Blake. And he is not a very exciting character. So we just leaned into the lame, mm -hmm. you know, sorry about the other implications. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, well, the menfolk are having a, a serious conversation about serious matters. Uh, the wasp sees a little glowing doll under a cabinet. Uh, she retrieves it, which is basically the only thing she gets to do in this entire story. Yeah. Uh, 1960s Marvel comics. Yeah. What do you think of that agency level there? <laughs> she, you know, that maybe this is, um, a little bit better than some of the previous stories with her. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. but I love that she is aware of it she tells herself how silly am i being doing this like oh if someone had just listened to her in the beginning maybe we hadn't maybe wouldn't have gone through this but yeah no. yep yep i was wondering if she caused this to happen so because it, it was just there was a little glowing doll under the chair or whatever and then she picks it up plays it a little and then throws it in the trash and that's that's when it like so I was wondering if she activated it. Maybe yeah. I mean that's with her wasp powers. That seems to be how things go because she she shows the doll to her insane husband, Yellow Jacket. Don't give me any grief. I'm using that term clinically. <laughs> uh, he shames her into throwing it away, um, which is yet another piece of bad advice from Hank Pym, uh, because there's more to this doll than meets the eye. Uh, it's it starts to grow. It's it's glowing and it's growing. Whoa! What a cool Ooh. doll. I know. Amazing. <laughs> uh, so the the doll grows large enough to climb out of the trash can and starts to seek out the one who is wanted by my master. Um, and uh, one of the shield agents guarding Tony Stark's room says something moderately insensitive. Um, I, I mean, on the <laughs> the grand sliding scale of 1960s comics. This is a three out of 10, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, two, maybe. We've, we've, read, we've read so much stuff that, again, we have Stockholm Syndrome. Yep. We, we have to be reminded that uh, how terrible m much of this stuff is. Uh, and we, we bring people on to help remind us how <laughs> terrible it is to just slap us a little bit, you know? Uh, so you've become desensitized is what you've been that what is you're exactly saying. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you, it's like watching Mad Men nonstop. You know, you just start to lose your mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't worry about this. Uh, this thoughtless shield agent. Uh, he's about to get his comeuppance. Um, he sees the doll and shoots it with his uh, blaster. That's right. Um, <laughs> Comics code won't have any problem with a blaster, uh, but that doesn't stop it. It just makes the doll grow larger. It likes the, it. Oh yeah. 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 Do you get the feeling the uh, the the shield agents were a little like uh, like connected, like they were a little made maybe like. Yeah, they see it. The shield agents come across as mafia or magia, as we yeah, say careful, in the Marvel universe. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so we, we cut to the Avengers uh, where they hear the commotion outside of Tony Stark's hospital room. Captain America asks if they heard those gun bursts and then that human scream, <laughs> which is a, a really specific way to ask that question. I'd like to know more about what informed his word choice. <laughs> He's been through a lot. He yeah. has been through a lot. He's heard vision scream a lot. Oh, That's true. Yeah, right, right, right. So there's a clear distinction. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and, and talking of the vision, um, he brags that my android receptors heard it before your ears, Captain America, <laughs> which is a pretty braggy uh, for the new guy on the team. Uh, and B, that's not how sound waves work. So you're smug and a liar, Vision. <laughs> um, okay, so the now human-sized doll busts through the door to Tony Stark's room, and Dr. Santini reacts in shock and horror. Uh, Jamie, you have some Italian heritage. Um, <laughs> could we maybe get an authentic line reading from you? 
Oh, uh, sure, sure. Uh, who, who are you? How uh, dare you enter this room? Uh, the man may die. Perfect. You, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Marvel about that month that. has now been canceled. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we got that a lot. Yeah. We don't have a lot of listeners in Italy, and we don't have any after this. Um, so uh, anyway, the uh, the Avengers, they rush in, and they fight, and fight, and fight, and fight, and fight. Uh, and uh, somewhat surprisingly, it is Thor, uh, who's not generally the sharpest Avenger, uh, who uh, recognizes this growing man-shaped doll. Uh, <laughs> Rob, you have some Viking heritage. Uh, can we get an authentic line reading from you here? He <laughs> right, is start- a stimuloid, an android whose artificial cells do but multiply with each hard-struck blow. When once we met, men did call him the growing man. Thank you. That's uh, how they talk. Yeah, They're just okay. really dramatic. <laughs> so long, Norway. Yeah. Um, check. Lose <laughs> more demographics that way. <laughs> uh, and not only that, but the growing man is a creature of the dreaded Kang. Um, do you want? To, can you <laughs> get us up to speed on Kang? You want to do? You want to do a tight five on Kang? <laughs> um, I could maybe do a tight, a tight. 30 seconds nice on, enough. That'll uh, be better. Kang, uh, he's a conqueror and he has travel time, right? Did, did I yeah, get that yeah. correct? That's he travels perfect. time. Okay. That's what he does. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Conquers, time travels. <laughs> Conquers, time travels. Always loses to Avengers. Uh, okay, so anyway, the, the Avengers are unable to stop the growing man from grabbing Tony Stark's mostly lifeless body <laughs> and plowing through the side of the building uh, in a really great splash page. Um, that's a, I really like that one. Um, a, a bystander says, Kong? He said his name was Kong. I knew they'd do a remake of that flick someday, but this is too much. (laughs) So um, for those of you not familiar with 1960s Marvel Comics, that is one of those patented bits of Roy Thomas dialogue that it has the structure and pacing of a joke, uh, (laughs) but it's not actually a joke. (laughs) It's scientifically not. Yeah. 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 I think that they were really just trying to get into um, uh, movie reviews. And this yeah. is their way of just like reviewing a movie. Right, right, right. Yeah. Just pick this up and, and mention yeah. our comic, please. Yeah. 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 All the kids were wild for King Kong in 1968 or whenever these came out. <laughs> um, okay, so so things are getting desperate. Uh, Goliath shoots up to 50 or 60 feet tall to take on the growing man. Uh, and he does this despite the fact that Yellow Jacket, the guy who made the formula that lets him do that, says, don't do that. <laughs> Classic um, Clint Barton. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, Goliath immediately gets woozy from growing too tall. Uh, he gets absolutely wrecked by a single punch uh, from the growing man. Um, Goliath collapses and shrinks back down to his normal giant size. And Hank Pym tells him, I've never been prouder of the man who succeeded me as giant man. <laughs> Just like everyone behaving in character. Perfectly yeah. doing what they do best. And I, I mean, it just seems like the most passive aggressive way of saying I've never been proud of the man who succeeded me <laughs> as <Right>. giant man. <laughs> there was a really low bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's serious. And that really? wasn't a height joke. Yeah, it's ironically <laughs> low bar for giant man. But yes. Yeah, nice, uh, nice. Um, okay, so anyway, the uh, the growing man reaches its prearranged rendezvous point. It shrinks down and, and carries Tony Stark into a transport beam. The Avengers follow closely behind them, and they all arrive in Kang the Conqueror's super futuristic 40th century throne room. Um, it comes complete with guards uh, from several alien races, uh, some floating stairs leading up to Kang's throne, and a comatose lady in a glass tube. <laughs> Representation. Yeah. 
that lady is Ravona, uh, who is a, a princess from a world that Kang conquered. They fell in love, and then uh, Ravona took a laser blast meant for him. Um, he, he's kept her in the stasis tube like a literal trophy wife ever Oof. since. Weeks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, fun fact, at one point, um, when we were trying to figure out when we were going to get around to doing this show, um, we were going to say that the reason we thought these issues didn't exist was because Jamie was a Kang, uh, and he had hidden them from us in a time bubble. Um, it, he was going to, like, come out in costume and, like, uh, sheepishly apologize. Uh, we weren't sure, though, if Blueface was problematic or not, so we just scrapped it. We smurfed it is what we did. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, but there you go. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Um, so back to the, the story. Uh, Kang gives the Avengers some attitude, uh, and they respond by mopping the floor with all his guards. Um, but then T'Challa, the Black Panther, shows up and calms everyone down. He says that the Avengers have to work together with Kang if the Earth is to survive. Ooh. It's pretty dire. Yeah. It's so dire, he gets no background. Yeah, just exactly. Stark, stark contrast. <laughs> it's, it's frightening. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Kang fills in the story with a flashback. Uh, one year ago, uh, he was brooding over his flash-frozen lady love, wishing that he had the power of life and death. Uh, and that is called foreshadowing, folks. The best writers use it. <laughs> um, suddenly, uh, he heard tapping as if someone gently rapping, rapping at his chamber door. <laughs> nice. And a fellow calling himself the Grandmaster showed up uh, in Kang's boudoir. Um, he's got the power to bestow, bestow the ultimate power of life and death, which of course gets Kang's attention. <laughs> That's just what he was looking for. Yeah. yeah. Very convenient. <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer, if, if the, the audience, um, is maybe not familiar with, uh, the Grandmaster from, uh, Marvel Comics, uh, where might they have seen him? Uh, Benicio del Toro? Right? Uh, or that's, the he, the collector. The collector. that's the collector. That's the collector. That's the collector. Damn it. Um, you're close, though. You're, you're in Ragnarok. the neighborhood of Thor weird Rag actors. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I can't believe I'm, I'm blanking. The Jeff Goldblum. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about the wrong one. Yeah. 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 Jeff Goldblum. They're, just, they're both weird, and they're both uh, these part of these weird cosmic immortal people in the Marvel universe. So they, they're interchangeable, yep. you know, at some point. If yeah. I had to think about uh, the Grandmaster, he's really just like this horny ruler dude yep. which mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure is jeff goldblum <laughs> yes. just some really weird random horny dude yeah <laughs> yep. yeah uh this, too horny <laughs> this, this grandmaster does not have any of his no. uh the, the charisma or anything um yeah he seems pretty comparatively stiff yeah uh, yeah very much um so okay look uh the, the grandmaster proposes a contest between himself and kang um, each one will have a team of champions who will fight. If Kang's team wins, he gets the power of life and death like he wanted. Uh, if, the, if not, the Grandmaster promises that there shall not be mere death, but oblivion, not only for yourself, but for the dying planet you rule, which sounds pretty bad. Um, so, of course, the Avengers say yes. I mean, they are Earth's mightiest heroes. It says right there on the <laughs> cover. Um, uh, but they insist that Kang uh, return Tony Stark to his hospital room so that uh, Dr. Santini can save his life. Santini. Uh, Jamie, uh, one last time. <laughs> uh, could we get a, a line reading for, for Dr. Santini? Yeah, I really got to start reading these notes in advance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Nowhere, my friend? Uh, somewhere that we cannot conceive. Uh, never mind. I must operate. Uh, rule of threes. Classic. So good. Yep. Yep. Thank for, you. For anyone who is not here live, uh, the hand motions that you're doing. <laughs> oh, so yeah, anyone, yeah, so right. anyone listening, the hand motions you're really yeah, getting it, as well. That's what's really they're, selling it. They're yeah. even more offensive <laughs> than <laughs> the accent. If you can imagine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and, and don't worry about Tony Stark. We find out in Iron Man number 19, which also comes out this month, the operation is a success. Um, so he's going to be okay. Gonna yeah, Tony it. Stark, gonna make never it. heard of. Yeah. Still going to make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Still going to make it. Um, so, okay, there's more flowery exposition that I'm not going to subject you to. <laughs> Grandmaster transports Captain America, Thor, and Goliath back to Earth to begin the game. And on a distant ridge, they see their adversaries appear. The camera zooms in on them, and we get our first glimpse of Dr. Spectrum, Hyperion, Nighthawk, and the wizard. Wizard. <laughs> Not wizard, wizard, as in someone who whizzes. Sure. Uh, they are collectively the Squadron Sinister. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, we've made it through one issue of this masterpiece. Okay, yeah. so Jennifer, we have had a full year to sit on this this work of brilliance. Uh, you're coming to it relatively I've had two fresh. days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of our story so far? It, it's very classic. Like, it, it's very tropey, um, <laughs> clearly. So it feels familiar, but it's just, it's brand new. And I've never seen it before. There you go. Are you excited to see where this goes from here? I'm excited to see what the wizard does. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot yeah, yeah. a lot of whizzing. Yeah, a lot of whizzing. He whizzes by. Okay, well, Jamie's going to uh, to take over from here and, and talk to us about Avengers number 70. All right. Uh, so we've got When Strikes the Squadron Sinister, Avengers 70, written by Roy Thomas, art by Sal Buscema, and Sam Granger, letters by Sam Rosie. So uh, we pick up right where we left off with the induction, uh, the introduction of a whole new team of super... Vi- oh. Wait, no, that's all right. Uh, we pick up with Kang beating up a meal that he almost definitely just ordered. <laughs> so Kang, as we all know, is the master of the time stream. Uh, he's feeling impatient about not knowing how the contest of champions is going. So having no other way of finding out what's going on, uh, he asks the B-team Avengers who have been left over. Uh, they obviously don't know what's going on. Um, and then he asks the Grandmaster, who instead of answering, blows up Kang's secret assassins. <laughs> Then back in the present, Iron Man joins the fighting team and the Squadron Sinister sends their astral images to volunteer their secret origin, which is actually less complicated than you would imagine. Um, I mean, relatively, as these things go. Yep. Um, so Grandmaster traveled into the past to nudge the lives of the four dudes uh, onto paths where they would each gain powers, turn to villainy, and be to- totally loyal to him. You have your bird-themed super athlete, Nighthawk. Obviously, this is a reference to DC's Nightbat. 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 Yeah. Then you've got your... I'm Nightbat. (laughs) Now we are two. Um, Next, you have your steel-muscled, yellow and red costumed Hyperion, uh, whose costume is almost identical to Captain Adam from The Simpsons. Uh, He's pretty definitely DC's Space Americaner. Yep. Space Americaner. Yep. That's definitely a character. Who could forget? Uh, Next, you have your guy dressed in four primary colors, only not how you would think. Uh, and he's named Dr. Spectrum with his power prism. Uh, I'm not totally sure on this one, but he's probably DC's The Mad Painter. And uh, the power prism might be a stand-in for his sidekick, the fan brush. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did some homework on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, you got a guy who takes pills to become the ultra-swift wizard. Yeah. Uh, 
I was going to write a bunch of jokes on this one. I mean, you ever see Roxanne? Yeah. <laughs> so Roxanne is a Cyrano de Bergerac story. He's yep. got the long nose. Uh, and someone walks into a bar and is like, hey, big nose. And he's like, big nose? Like, you're working with this? And that's the best you can come up with? Uh, so I was imagining a scenario where I just, like, riffed uh, a ton of wizard jokes. <laughs> um, but you can just imagine that you heard all, because I'm sure you're thinking of all of them yourself. I'm thinking of the Wacky Water Weasel, which was a toy we had when I was very young. Um, so if anybody's, you know, was a kid in the 70s, you'll remember the Wacky Water Weasel. And if you weren't, you should just look it up on the Internet <laughs> and it will it will baffle you. Put, put safe mode on. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. When yeah. you search yeah. for that. Wanna... Very, very careful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, as their images fade, uh, they're each replaced by an iconic national monument showing where the Avengers should go to fight them. Um, instead of doing a sort of mean-spirited four-against-one approach, they each jump into Thor's magical teleporting tornado for their respective battles. Yeah, and this isn't Las Vegas. You know, just don't get that confused. Yeah, it's right, right. Um, so Cap, the living symbol of America, is transported to the non-living symbol of America, and he honestly seems a little bit turned on about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he steps into Nighthawk's cartoon-style lasso trap. <laughs> um, I, I in the comic uh, in cartoons, I always thought that was like a magic thing. Like I could never figure out how it was lifting people, mm -hmm. but I guess someone just pulls it. That was a disappointing <laughs> thing to learn. It's not, in adulthood. It's not as magical. As yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I was pretty let down about that. If the Nazis had basic snare technology, oh my they gosh. would have won World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were that close. Yeah, it, was, it was that close. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, lassos are kind of a DC thing, right? That's like, there's like a whole lasso there's culture There's like a there. lasso person in there. <laughs> lasso, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's, it's appropriating American culture, like the cowboys. Oh, right, yeah, right, okay. right, 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 yeah. right, right. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Nighthawk captures Cap, casually brags that he's super rich, uh, super bored, and has no friends. <laughs> and uh, he reveals that they're in his Nighthawk airship. Uh, that airship is air towing the Statue of Liberty. Uh, unless he so chooses to blow it up with a trigger that he's holding. Uh, so hear me out. I love stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So you've got uh, an icon for America from Brooklyn inside the symbol of America from New York, which was a gift from France. Uh, and that's being threatened uh, with destruction by an icon for vigilante capitalism. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I sunk my teeth into that one. Wow, you really made a meal. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think. It sure does. Yep. Think about that. Yeah, take that. <laughs> Layers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then uh, Cap breaks the bomb trigger. Nighthawk escapes out of the plane, uh, and he's going to drop Cap and the Statue of Liberty to the ground, killing them both. But Cap uh, plays solid American defense by hiding behind his shield to deflect the deadly pellet thrown at him. <laughs> oh, the pellet. Oh. <laughs> pellet is obviously an acronym for predatory economic labor leverage uh, equities for taxation. Oh, nice. okay. yeah, I think we, really all, we, all, know, we, we all knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the pellet explodes back on capitalism, I mean, Nighthawk, uh, and knocks him out, uh, winning this quarter of the contest. Cool. One down. One down. One down. Uh, so I'm not going to call this out each time uh, because not a lot really happens, but we keep cutting back to the team in the future who's watching the fight on screens. Uh, like I said, nothing all that interesting happens here, but it's kind of cool because we, the reader, get to be someone from the future watching characters from the past who have gone into the future, watching people who are in our past, but also their present. I found that very satisfying. That's Kang stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah we should have drawn a diagram for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have it in my basement. Okay. Uh, all right. So up next, we got Iron Man and Dr. Spectrum. They're going to duke it out at the Taj Mahal. 
Sure. A lot of this really feels like a, um, uh, the, like the Marvel versus Capcom or um, oh, what's the fighting game where it's like yeah. you get to choose your background. Yeah. yeah. Like you get to battle and then you get this like really cool background. You get to choose it. Right, That's what right, these right. feel yeah, like. It's very Street Fighter. Street yeah. Fighter. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I mean, obviously, this is where all video games came from. If you if yeah. you're reading the story, <laughs> yeah. it's like right. This is you have this quest, you have this mission, you do this character now, and this is it. This yep. is where this is the birth right here, the origin. You're, you're of seeing all. it right yeah. now. How yeah. exciting to be a part of it <laughs> you're welcome america also we read thousands of old marvel comics so we're insane <laughs> yeah uh, so iron man uh being the shorthand for the military industrial complex putting him in india, india is maybe a thing i don't know uh i don't know about history to say why but it <laughs> seemed like that's maybe significant do you know. think they didn't have him fight nighthawk because they would have just like teamed up and like had a leveraged buyout <laughs> of like, kang and the grandmaster right, or something yeah, you seem yeah. pretty cool you want to write checks together <laughs> yeah well, uh, we do get um this is kind of spoilery but um we do get a british um hero so as long as it wasn't the british hero going to india oh right yep yeah, yeah. yep that's that would be even more insensitive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. So. Um, oh yeah. So uh, Spectrum has uh, Green Lantern esque powers. Um, as long as he's holding his gem, this seems short sighted. Uh, what if he had to climb a ladder or tie his shoes? What if he needs two hands? Yeah. 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 I, and like, so does it work if you ever like uh, hold something under your chin? You know, while you're you're doing something, you yeah. kind of just like brace it there. I was wondering if that works or if it has to be like. And specific, yeah. They don't have pockets. I don't. Yeah. Let's not explore this line of <laughs> yeah. thought any further. I'm going to spin off my own podcast yeah. for that one. Uh, so anyway, they blast each other with rays for a little bit. It's fun. Uh, but then Tony hits them with some ultraviolet rays, which are outside of Spectrum's, well, Spectrum. Uh, so Iron Man just wins this one pretty easily. I thought to take note that he wins through the art of A, listening, and B, sciencing. Yeah, that's that's a pretty solid science. Yeah. Uh, you can see that if you can't see the color then you can use it against it. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I don't know, Newtonian. Um, I mean, it makes <laughs> it makes more sense than, oh no, yellow. Right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that might be a new t-shirt. <laughs> oh guys, oh, so many dumb t-shirts already. Come on, <laughs> keep them coming. Uh, all right, so now that's another battle down. Uh, we're doing great. Uh, so then Thor heads to the Sphinx where Hyperion's Thor and Bid rocks at him uh, while revealing some fascinating things. Hyperion hates our Earth. This is cool because he's your Superman, Superman allegory. Uh, and Superman hating Earth seems just as likely as him wanting to protect it. Like, it's kind of like right on the line because humans are generally sort of terrible, uh, as we've seen in Silver Surfer, which is also sort of Superman-y in a lot of ways. Um, so that's one thing. Two, Hyperion comes from a tiny atom world, uh, like Hulk's <laughs> girlfriend. So uh, maybe this is all just due to a totally understandable Napoleonic complex, mm. right? Like he's used to being real tiny, feels yep. like he has something to prove. Yeah, I dig it. Uh, then uh, the third thing is the uh, the atom, the like atom that Hyperion comes from was the first atom split by mankind. I thought that was cool. Uh, this might be a dig at nuclear power. Maybe it's a coincidence, but I thought it was a cool reference. Anyway, they fight for a bit using some fancy psychouts. Uh, then, I mean, this is like pretty obvious. Thor, magic tornado, uh, tornadoes <laughs> up. He shrinks down Hyperion and traps him uh, in a glazed sand orb. It's like, how many times are we going to do this, right? If I had a nickel. <laughs> so, yeah, the, a thing to know about Thor is in in this Silver Age, he, his hammer just can do whatever. It's it's fine. It, yeah. If you need to get out, he time travels. He 
shoots beams out of it. He does anything. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I was giving DC some uh, grief earlier, but it's like, yeah, all right, Marvel's doing it too. You know. Yeah, it's the whatever power he needs to have for the story he's got. Yeah. Yep. yep. Real cool. Yep. Uh, so anyway, now that we've seen these heroes acting heroically and soundly defeating their enemies, we cut to near Big Ben, uh, where Clint is shouting an argument at a stranger dressed like a knight on a flying horse with wings, uh, who's really just trying to help. This is very on brand for Clint. Uh, and this other guy is everyone's favorite Marvel knight, the Black Knight. Uh, ever the tactician, Clint tells him to buzz off. Before they can settle their disagreement, Big Ben gets all blurry for a second, uh, and then a guy uh, who named himself the Wizard calls Clint a mile-high moron. <laughs> These two seem like a great match. It's a battle of wits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, Clint talks tough, compares himself to a mountain, and then falls over as the Wizard uses super speed to try to disintegrate him. You know, with speed. That's huh. not how mountains work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mountains or speed. That's like a big, yeah. yeah. This assumes that mountains are piles of rocks. Right. Yeah. First of all, uh, not just a big rock. Right. So what? Uh, <laughs> uh, so then um, the wizard now creates a non-magical tornado around Clint, who seemingly disappears for a moment. I was briefly confused by this, but it turned out to be uh, the comic book being smarter than me, which is not uncommon. Uh <laughs> So, and we've, we've got what I think is a character appropriate move. The Black Knight hits the wizard from behind with his sword. Um, I think I, I could be wrong about this. I think the Black Knight evolves into like not the best guy. Is he kind of a jerk? I mean, he started his, the original Black Knight was a villain. He's not the best. He, I mean, he's the Black Knight. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So uh, Clint quickly grabs the Black Knight's sword. Uh, by a guy at dinner first, would you? Uh, and explains that he shrank down to play possum. Um, I was going to make a joke about this being cowardly, but it's actually another solid bit of strategic uh, defensive move made by an Avenger. Sure. Yeah. Mm, not a great it's Avenger, like, but yeah. <laughs> it's the best Clint can do. He's, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that everyone in this issue is like doing a good job. Like everyone's being good, good at their jobs, being Avengers. Um, but immediately after this, the Grandmaster appears and smear wipes away the scene. Uh, while scolding the Black Knight for complicating what would have otherwise been a really clear-cut victory and possibly dooming the entire world. As I said, I don't know a lot about Dane Whitman, but this seems on brand. The Grandmaster vanishes everyone, Back to the Future 2 style. It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. <laughs> and the Black Knight swears that somehow he's going to honor his ancestors who gave him the sword, and he'll follow them somehow, some way. Uh, so swears the Black Knight. And then we get a little panel. Up next, Endgame. Yeah. But definitely not that. And not, yeah. not that. Get, not yeah, that yeah. One. Don't get excited. Yeah. This yeah. is what got Brian excited about doing the whole show is that. Oh, yeah. This oh, yeah, final right. thing. We were going to promise that we were going to talk about Avengers Endgame, get a bunch of people into a room and then talk about this. Uh, uh, just yeah. so. And, yeah. then just to make me, and then lock the doors. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Now cry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So, uh, Jennifer, we're now two thirds through. How's your uh, enthusiasm? <laughs> and she takes the deepest breath. I'm excited. You're excited. Excellent. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for um, being yeah. such a good sport. You're so <laughs> Seriously. Uh, okay, Rob, you got to bring us home, man. Okay. End game. Uh, but definitely not that end game, as we said. <laughs> Avengers number 71, written by Roy Thomas, art by Sal Buscema, and Sam Granger, letters by Sam Rosen. Uh, <laughs> this issue begins with a splash, splash page of the Black Knight, easily Marvel's third or fourth best med medieval themed <laughs> character, uh, running into the cool basement of Garrett Castle. 
notably carrying a torch since his sword got whisked away to the future, Marty. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Dane lights a brazier to awaken the spirit of his ancient other other Black Knight ancestor known as Sir Percy of Scandia, uh, which is pretty metal looking. Um, Percy is pretty pissed at being dragged into work. Uh, but since he has a reliable comics subscription in the afterlife, he lays the synopsis of the previous uh, issues on Dane in a montage. I also liked uh, his like sassy belt. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that diagonal thing. That's I like pretty that kind of like. Yeah. yeah, I just love his like. I'm not supposed to be working today. Thing. Um, <laughs> Wasn't even uh, supposed to be here. No, yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to be here, man. Uh, uh, including the reveal that Dane totally farted up the almost one game and re-imperiled the Earth. Whoopsie. Yeah. So. Uh, now we cut to the future present where Kang is lamenting his poor decision to risk the entire history of Earth to save the encapsulated my Ravona. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but can anyone blame him for being a man? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yes. Any, <laughs> anyone could definitely blame Kang. Uh, but this is his half a sympathetic layer. And we've come so far through this story. So let's keep going. Um, <laughs> So now it's time for round two uh, with the last three Avengers. Uh, does that count seem off? Uh, I guess not. I mean, I'm not the writer. It's, <laughs> there's only three left. So, uh, but where or when will they be fighting? Oh, <laughs> and why is the Grandmaster alluding that his new champions won't even know they're fighting to end the Earth? That's pretty shady. Yeah, it is shady. Where else? Nazi-occupied Paris, France during World War II. Um, So right outside the Louvre. Mm -hmm. uh, And the Nazis are ready to immediately attack any costume do-gooders. They're primed for it. So after excitedly punching some Nazis, Yellowjacket narrowly escapes, getting escorched by a fireball. And who throws fireballs willy-nilly? Everybody knows it has to be Johnny Storm. Not Johnny Storm. Awkward. Um, It is... OG Human Torch, Jim Hammond, the android, uh, with his invaders pals, Captain America and Namor. Uh, And Roy Thomas has almost completed his bingo card of proving that he is not only a college degree, but has read every comic um, ever. So I always think that they are going to de-emphasize that there was a pre-existing Human Torch. Like that would that seems like something that you did in college that you wouldn't want to talk about anymore. <laughs> yeah, and like that, and they're just they can't wait to do it. They can't wait to tell you about it. Roy but, Thomas loves the World War II superheroes, yeah, so, so he will find any excuse to shoehorn them into a story. Huh. Uh, yeah, and so naturally the invaders assume that the unknown to them Avengers from the future are Nazis who beam them there, and it is of course time to fight it's basic standard marvel comic stuff this is where that like chart needs to come through again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right right uh and so we're now reminded that we have been watching all of this flash future backing unfold through a fire pit ran by a long dead knight um who has also has the power to painfully beam his ancestor ancestor to the 40th century so um this guy that's a cool brazier you know sure. um, as far as braziers go. Yeah. yeah. And where we get to see the first round Avengers, na- uh, new inbox, uh, well held in stasis with the ebony blade laying in front of them. Dane grabs the blade, makes a Prince Valiant joke, uh, and deflects a race beer. Uh, <laughs> the future barbarians really just, they stay on brand. That's what they do. Um, 
the Black Knight uh, makes a Conan and John Carter joke, Roy's other bingo card, mm. uh, and he hears a voice from next door. Uh, so he uh, sword Kool-Aid mans his way through the wall to find out that somebody almost forgot to put Wasp back into this damn story. <laughs> uh, hey, she got to find a doll. <laughs> What more do you want? Oh, God. It's just great. So, (laughs) pretty brutal. Bonus points for anyone who got my number of Avengers remaining joke earlier. Uh, Nice. Well done. Well done. Wasp basically picked up a doll, threw it away, and wasn't allowed to play sports for an issue and a half. Uh, The 60s. Does the 70s get better? Spoiler alert. Mm. I I don't know if they get a lot better. There's more. Showing of belly buttons. Okay. Is that better? I that's don't know. feminism. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the feature feminist one. Yeah. Yeah. Belly buttons. Okay. Okay. Inclusion <laughs> of women because of sexism. That's how the 70s go. So yeah. it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of comics and we're reading them. Um, <laughs> uh, Jan's plan is to try and stop the stupid game <laughs> from the ship they're on. Um, and then back in War World, uh, I mean World War II, fighting um, Black Panther versus Old Cap. Hank Pym versus Namor. Yellow Jacket shoots first and then tries to be an unlikely voice of reason. Um, and then he's punched. And I want to make it clear, like, I'm, I'm rooting for Earth here. I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want the Grandmaster to win, but, it, I mean, it's very satisfying anytime I get to see Yellow Jacket get punched in the face. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, man, it's good. Uh, so I'm guessing Roy wanted to make sure that th- this version of Namor not only spoke like the 40s version, but looked like him too. So you can see how very different he looked. And he's like, it's fine. Continuity, it's fine. Um, so apparently Namor's bulletproof skin can only be pierced by enough bees. Uh, so take note, villains. Yeah. Just- what do you think the threshold is for, for bees? Oh, wait, what's the over under for for oh, for B defeat? It's got to be for, at least 100 for Namor. in yeah. 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 Wouldn't it just be one? <laughs> what if the Maybe he's allergic to bees. What if the official handbook to the Marvel universe just had like a B rating for every character? <laughs> yes. Like how many bees would it take to beat uh Iron Man? But like Iron Man in different armors. Right, Ooh, right. Yeah. Jeez. That that sounds highly specific. That's how many bees thing. would it take to beat the wizard? <laughs> Definitely one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Less bees. Um, so who's left? Android on Android action. Uh, or Android through Android action. This is getting weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't hate it, but it is <laughs> weird. Uh, Torch can't touch the vision, but starts to question. Uh, Vision starts to question what the hell is going on. Oh, he can't uh, touch him physically. Yeah, I so thought the, you meant emotionally and the because torch he's a can't robot. touch him emotionally yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim, Jim seems to, I mean, we've read some old uh, timely comics and uh, where the old human torch just burns everyone, including Hitler, to death. So, yeah, canonically, the human, the original human torch killed Hitler. That, uh, is, a, that is a true Marvel fact. <laughs> true fact of Marvel. Yep. Uh, so... <laughs> T'Challa and Hank realize simultaneously, according to Hank, uh, <laughs> that they need to get their heads in the game before their uh, respect for their opponents ends everyone's existence because their opponents are starting to question what is going on. So they run away. <laughs> and, uh, but it's to lead the invaders into a trap or a little something I call the Professor X Machina. Oh, um, meaning... That's clever. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, that means the Vision saves the day in a way that he probably could have from the moment this fight started. Um, 
and just chose not to. Right. He he didn't think of it yet. I mean, he's a team player. He's trying to like build up everyone's self-esteem. Let everybody punch for a minute. He did great, honey. Yeah, much like the X-Men. The the old X-Men is everyone goes and fights a villain and uh, they lose. And then Professor X brain blasts everybody and it's over. That's how it works. Um, And then comes along and says, this is kind of just a test for y'all. Yeah, right, right, right. right. You won. Good job. Go ahead, child army. Get beat up. Also, I secretly love one. Peace for everyone. (laughs) So uh, what, what, of course, Vision does is phases through Cap, Namor, and the Torch and partially solidifies in each of them long enough to, you know, maybe kill them, but definitely take them out. Um, so they, they're a little worried they might alter all of time if they accidentally kill the invaders. Um, yeah. But that means they win, and Kang, the hero of everything, wins, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the Grandmaster loves rules, and since match one was canceled on the technicality, looking at you, Dane Whitman, um, <laughs> Kang only gets the power of life or death, not both. And he, he wanted both. He that wanted, wanted the both. Ultimate goal. Life and death. And he was death. very clear about that. This, this is why he's playing the game. Yep. And risking all, <laughs> all of history, all of Earth. All of reality. Um, yep. Wasn't he already in charge of everything? Like, kind of. He was the conqueror, right? He had conquered. I mean, he, co- he hung out in the he conquered in the like 40th his, century, but he lost every but time. I want the out. 20th century. <laughs> he just wanted so much. So, uh, but the other Avengers have escaped now, and they demand to be returned. Um, the game's over. They're like, send us back. This puts Kang in the position of really having to choose between love or murdering. Um, he begs. Grandmaster for both powers to save Ravona and kill the Avengers. Grandmaster says, of course, it cannot be for you must choose which temple of science you shall overthrow. One temple of science at a time. So what do you think he's going to choose? <laughs> does he choose uh, his wife or does he choose like revenge or murder? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he chooses murder. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, I love that he counts on his genius to resurrect Ravona later but not to kill those rascally Avengers. He's never going to kill them huh. with his genius. So the catch is his power of death has a very short time limit. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so many technicalities. <laughs> just rules after rules. That's what I mean. This is where video games come from. Oh. Um, after a brief fight, Kang gets everyone to near death, uh, but he's sort of edging as the villain handbook demands. Um, and he needs Gross. to savor this. I'm sorry. I, it just, it's, it seems like villain edging. I don't, that's all I can think of. What does um, that mean? <laughs> well, here's what you do. I don't like this. Okay, I don't want to, we're talking in a street right now. I'll, um, Google, I'll, go, I'll Google it. <laughs> safe, safe search on, please. Wild okay. weasel thing. Yeah. So uh, this gives just enough time for the Black Knight to show up. Um, uh, he who easily smacks down with the flat of the ebony blade and I feel like the comics code would have preferred to be the ebony padded stick um, we'll sell you the whole sword but you'll never need the edge uh, so uh, how could jokes. he defeat this, <laughs> this cosmic powered Kang um, Kang wanted the power to kill the Avengers and Black Knight does not have a membership card to the Avengers so his cool powers don't work on the Black Knight, of course. I mean, rules, right? So uh, Grandmaster likes rules just, I mean, more than the Avengers. Uh, Grandmaster even zaps everyone home free of charge 
as long as his opponent loses, he's cool if he doesn't win. That's the Grandmaster. Yep. Um, Ultimately, they had the same goal, though, right? Like revenge or murder. Mm, And they both kind of won in a way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And of course, the Avengers learn nothing from this legal technicality that saved the world and immediately vote to make the Black Knight a member. Um, Lucky he didn't just keel over. Yeah, why don't you just keep somebody on the outside just in case some kind of weird rule game for all reality happens. Um, uh, Then they remind him of their congregational motto and feel free to chant along, Avengers Avengers Assemble! And the Wasp is back. Yay! Yeah, she gets back. She finally the- shows up for the the crowd shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and so that that's Avengers uh, number sixty nine through seventy one. Uh, finally, uh, it's not going to stop the letters uh, that we're getting from people who are just discovering the show. But at least we have something to point them toward now. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be like one of those. Um, uh, what do they call it? On the bottoms where it's a caption, like <laughs> in last ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. right, right, so now right. you can just put that on. See all our the- Patreon feed, true believer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jennifer, what, what do you think you're going to take away from this story? What were your favorite parts, the dumbest parts, the important life lessons that you personally learned? Um, the thing that I learned the most, maybe I already knew this about Kang, mm-hmm. um, but maybe I thought he was a simp. <laughs> and he's really not. I, I was actually rooting for Kang in this. I'm like, you're going you're gonna to choose Ravona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he didn't. I feel betrayed. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I take away from this. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna keep your um, your love in a tube, to uh, that just is in your throne room, uh, so that she can eventually be saved, you think that's probably your main focus. You yeah. know, your your mm. your trophy wife, as Brian said. What yeah. if he likes her better as his girlfriend in a tube? Mm. He's like girlfriend he just, in a coma. <laughs> he's a sad man. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's she just himself. nags too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's not a good guy. No, not a good guy. No. So the the dumbest part. What? What do you? I mean, that's that's really. Yeah, boy. Can you here. narrow it down to? I mean, we're almost out of time here. Can you just narrow it down <laughs> to your, the dumbest fifteen or sixteen parts? Um, the wizard. There is not enough wizard jokes in this, but I'm gonna make them all. So. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. We got another fifty years of this guy, so I'm sure. Oh we'll no. Get to is he's around more. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh no. They, oh, we're they, never they, getting what? rid of the wizard. Wow. That's yeah. gonna be the next Marvel movie. Didn't they announce that at? D- <laughs> didn't they announce that at D23? Yeah, D23 is yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's our show, everyone. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, and thanks again to Books with Pictures for hosting all of this uh, madness. Uh, extra special thanks to Kitty uh, for hurting way more cats uh, than she expected to. Um, thanks to Tobe for doing our sound. Uh, thanks to Rose City Comic Con for making this an official party. Uh, I think the Avengers would appreciate that stamp of approval as much as we do. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us for this. Seriously, uh, we've been wanting to do this one for a while. We're so happy you were up for it. Um, where can our listeners learn about what you're up to and, and what should they be sure to be checking out? Uh, so I have a YouTube channel called Comics Will Break Your Heart. Um, I do a weekly show um, with my co-host Mars. She is the better half of the show. She's incredible. Um, and every Sunday, usually, we're actually going to take tomorrow off. We're going to do a show on Monday. Um, but we do a little show called Casually Comics Sunday Chat. Um, and we talk about the week's comics, uh, a little bit with, about what's going on in the industry. Um, it's really fun. And it gets a little bit violent, but that's okay. <laughs> Awesome. Comics. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that's it uh, from us. Uh, 
for Marvel by the Month. Uh, my name is Brian Stratton. I'm Rob Milne. I'm Jamie Wenger. Uh, please, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay inside and read comics. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! <laughs>